You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you Next can say... 2021, the defendant's pub- Like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional. Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com For stating... Uh, I, w- I was going to start with a song, but for some reason I have audio playing. Hold on, i got to figure out why, uh, because there's not supposed to be any audio coming up here. Where's it coming from? Um, hold on, bear with me. Oh, I wonder if it's from here? No? Here? No? Here? I don't know. I guess maybe I'm not going to play this. Wait. Orchestrated an event at a hotel in Gettysburg. Okay, so I, what's happening is, what's playing, oh, I know, I bet it's a video, where though, of my, um, of me reading the indictment, there it is, no, <laughs> it's still coming up somewhere, and I don't know where, oh, this is so annoying, I'm sorry, why, hi, um, I guess I should start and, and uh, at least turn on the camera or something while I, while I figure out why um i've got audio playing hi happy uh, happy monday welcome to uh, a new week such as it is so yeah so i've got i've got a i've got an ingenious plan for today i just have to figure out where this audio is coming from it's always something is it that defend no um all right we're starting with a bang aren't we all right what if i kill this whole not even that. Oh, maybe here? No. That is so weird. So I have audio coming up was through that monitor, which means I can't play anything off of this computer until I figure out where the audio is coming from. So, um, all right, give me one more. It's not there, not there, not there. Playing. Maybe there. Mute. Now what happens? Yay. All right, we got it. Uh, you know, sometimes it, I'm a little slow, especially on Mondays. All right. That being the case, I can do this now. All right. You ready? Mangy Fetlocks, hit it. Howdy, folks. Mangy Fetlocks, 
Donald Trump got indicted again yesterday, and uh, but far be it from me to like spike the football or uh, say anything mean about that. I just have a real nice song for you. Okay. Trump was impeached twice. He's been indicted thrice. <laughs> he doesn't care for rice. And he's scared of baby mice. Okay. I think it would be nice if while in prison he gets lice. Oh. <laughs> it's great when life continues to rhyme, especially when you're doing time. <laughs> Bruce W. Nelson, also known as Mangy Fetlocks, he knocks one of those out every day. <laughs> Yeah, that's a perfect one for today, actually. So, how you doing? Uh, you know, I try, these days especially, I try to escape from the news on the weekends. And, and I'm doing a pretty good job of it, except I need to keep one eye on to, to make sure there's no huge developments, because i got to stay up on those. But, you know, we're walking a tightrope here, and we've been since uh, the idiot Trump decided to stick his foot into the pool of politics. And it's, it's uh, you know, some days are worse than others, but it's all pretty awful when we're talking about the former guy. So much so that, you know, with worlds colliding, um, my worlds have collided. In other words, the, you know, my, my general well-being, something we should all be focusing on every day, your own well-being, um, and my job, conflict at times. The election of the former guy into the White House really screwed with me. And I, look, I haven't been, you know, mentally perfect ever. Uh, as you've heard on the commercials, of you, you've heard on the show, I've suffered from depression since adolescence, and it's been a battle. Some years are worse than others. But I'll tell you, since Donald Trump was in the White House, um, it's been a real battle, and and his election um, it messed with me. And I know it's not only me. It's so many people that I talk to, but many listeners who I hear from, and you guys thank me for sharing my mental health uh, issues and, and um, uh, journey to feeling better, because you know you're not alone. That's one thing I can tell you is you're not alone. There are, there are millions of us. But right now is actually not the time to be tuned out. Right now is the time we need to pay attention to what's going on, especially because of the gaslighting and the propaganda coming from the right. So I got to tell you, you know, we are, believe it or not, we are still planning to move, right? And um, as part of that, I need to sell some stuff here in the house. So I've been listing things incrementally on, you know, Facebook Marketplace and other message boards and stuff. And somebody contacted me over the weekend about this big, beautiful mirror we had in the hallway. It's gorgeous. And so um, I listed it. Look, we're basically giving stuff away because uh, it's just going to be more expensive to move it all. And it's just stuff that we the important stuff we'll take. But the other stuff, why pay to move? So anyway, so I, I... I put this mirror up for um, 
for $125, I listed it. And somebody contacts me and says, I'll give you 75. And I'm like, okay, I'll take a hundred. And so, you know, we, and so she said, okay, I, I'm going to come get it. And so she comes over and I explained to her as I'm bringing her in the house, I said, we're, you know, getting ready to move out of state. So everything's a mess. And, you know, if you see anything else you like, just let me know. And she's like, oh, where are you going? And I said, Arizona. She said, oh, I guess if you're not in Florida, Arizona is the place to be. And I said, my, my standard retort, which was, well, at least they didn't elect the fascists. And she looked at me. She's like, what? And she goes, oh, well, he's the reason I'm here. Excuse me? She moved to Florida because she likes Ron DeSantis. Now, this is a fairly young, she appeared to be mid-30s, black woman. And And I just, I looked at her and I'm like, you like what he's doing to the schools? And she said, yeah, actually, I do. And you see, part of it is there's what we're being, what we're told, and what it actually is. And you know what we're to- it's really not as bad. It's not what they're saying. And I'm like, it actually is. And but I, I wasn't about to fight with this one. And then she wanted to tell me that where she works, pretty much everyone she works with is a liberal. Her family, and she's from North Carolina. Her family is all they're all Democrats. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to change this woman's mind. Let me just take her money and get her the fuck out of my house. So, but it, there, it's this, this wall. She, 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 she distrusts what the media is telling her about uh, the, 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 the nonsense that Ron DeSantis is pushing. I mean, again, a black woman and, and, Every ounce of me wanted to say, he's telling people that slavery was good. And I thought, just bite your tongue, take the money, get the mirror in her car and say goodbye. And I did. But it got me, you know, again, thinking of how important it is that we, the reasonable ones here, the sensible ones here, are in, as informed as we could possibly be. And that's the reason why I read and recorded the entirety of this indictment. And, you know, look, I, I put it up um, at the end of last week, gotten a lot of good feedback on it. Please share it. Apparently, I did it, and so did Ali Velshi at MSNBC. Great minds think alike. So you decide. You want to hear Ali's voice or you want to hear mine reading it. Either one is fine with me. I just want people to know what's in this indictment because it's so important. So I thought today I don't have a guest booked. I thought we would go through. Now, the whole thing runs. If you listen to the entire tape, it runs about an hour and 45 minutes. And Ali Velshi's too. So we both read it around at about the same pace. And um, so I'm not, I'm not going to play the whole thing. It shows only an hour long, so we're not going to get through the whole thing. But what, so I went through it. I, I excerpted certain parts. I actually chopped up the narrative that I read and I highlighted parts. I, I printed out the entire indictment and I, so, so I can go through it with you and, and spotlight some of the important parts. But here's the thing. As I go through it, I, I, I get more and more stressed. So 
one of the things that I'm doing to counter the stress, which leads to anger and depression, is, and we talked about it at length on Friday, I'm doing this ketamine therapy. (laughs) So I thought we'd counter the stress from the indictment today with excerpts of the recording of my last ketamine therapy session. (laughs) Because I'm trying to keep things light and airy. And so it will go from, you know, the, 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 the madness inducing insane stuff that this former president did when he tried to overthrow the results of a fair and free election (laughs) with, you know, my ramblings uh, while I'm tripping on ketamine. Because here's the thing, when I come out of a ketamine session, I have very little memory of what transpired. And the things that I remember happening make up such a tiny portion of what I'm hearing of me saying during the session. So yeah, it's just, it's an, I set up a, an audio tape recorder and I just leave it um, and go in with the intention of narrating, of, of, of saying what's going on. But I have no recollection of saying the things that I'm saying, if any of that makes sense. So we'll give it a shot, okay? We'll go back and forth. And if you want to call in at any time, feel free. Uh, 954-889-6410 is the phone number. Um, the, uh, 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 you're, you can Skype in at Nicole Sandler is, uh, is that. All right. So we start, we'll start with the, the indictment. So it's split up into um, basically 10 sections. All right. So the first section is just the beginning. The, it's, it's the cover page. And it says, um, you know, United States of America versus Donald Trump defendant, criminal number, grand jury, original violations, and it reads it out. Um, here, I'm trying to remember if I cued it in. I tried to do a good job, um, <laughs> good job uh, reading this. So here, where, where's Rudy Julian? Okay. Oh, okay. That's not it. Oh, okay. So I know what I did. So is this where I did the... Okay, before I even started, I, I see what I did here. I'm a little discombobulated. Sorry, and I, I didn't do I haven't did the ketamine in um <laughs> on Mon- on Friday. Today's Monday. All right. So before we get started though, I'd have a little handy dandy guide for you. Um which is there's Donald Trump is named as the only defendant, but there are six co-conspirators named. Says the defendant enlisted co-conspirators to insist to assist him in his criminal efforts to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential election and retain power. So I can't confirm that these are who these people are because they're only named as co-conspirator one through co-conspirator six. But, you know, the other day when Laffey was here, I think I'm, I'm all messed up, but we did identify I think it was when Laffey was here. Maybe not. I, I did identify at least four of the six, right? But, but here's who the media and, and, and just, you know, general minds who know um, consider these co-conspirators to be. Because throughout the uh, indictment, as I'm reading it, I just, I, I didn't change any of the words. So if it says co-conspirator one, I say co-conspirator one. But you know who co-conspirator one was, is. Don't you? Let's go to the tape. 
co-conspirator number one appears to be Rudy Giuliani. Co-conspirator number two, an attorney who devised and attempted to implement a strategy to leverage the VP's ceremonial role overseeing the certification proceeding to obstruct the certification of the presidential election. That one appears to be John Eastman. Co-conspirator three, an attorney whose unfounded claims of election fraud the defendant privately acknowledged to others sounded, quote, crazy. Crazy. Nonetheless, the defendant embraced and publicly amplified co-conspirator number three's disinformation. Uh Uh-huh. I and most other people believe co-conspirator number three is Sidney Powell. Co-conspirator number four described as a Justice Department official who worked on civil matters and who, with the defendant, attempted to use the Justice Department to open sham election crime investigations and influence state legislatures with knowingly false claims of election fraud. That would be Jeffrey Clark. Yep. Co-conspirator number five is described as an attorney who assisted in devising and attempting to implement a plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct the certification proceeding. The New York Times believes that's Ken Cheeseboro. Okay. That's one I didn't get, but Did not. I'll go with it. Okay. Ken Cheeseboro. And the sixth co-conspirator is described in the indictment as a political consultant who helped implement a plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct the certification proceeding. And the New York Times, and this one, believes is Boris Epstein. Epstein? Epstein. 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 You know, Boris. Not bad enough. Right. Boris, but not bad enough. Okay, so that's the that's the preamble of sorts. So those are who we believe the six co-conspirators are. None of them have yet been indicted because they want a speedy trial. They want to get this to court. They can all be charged later and hopefully they will be. Okay, so next up is the indictment and the introduction. And I'll let I'll let uh, Nicole the narrator take that. Introduction 1. The defendant, Donald J. Trump, was the 45th president of the United States and a candidate for re-election in 2020. The defendant lost the 2020 presidential election. Yeah, he lost. Two. Got it. Despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. So for more than two months following Election Day on November 3rd, 2020, the defendant spread lies that there had been outcome determinative fraud in the election and that he had actually won. What? These claims were false, and the defendant knew that they were false, Hello. but the defendant repeated and widely disseminated them anyway to make his knowingly false claims appear legitimate, create an intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger, and erode public faith in the administration of the election. All right, I'm interrupting here because this next paragraph is really important, especially as we've heard one of Trump's lawyers go on the TV and everybody else all repeating it, that his defense is, it's a First Amendment case. Well, the thing is, Jeffrey Smith, uh, uh, Jack Smith was brilliant when he wrote this indictment because he didn't charge about anything Trump said. It wasn't on his words. It wasn't on his speech. It was on his actions. And in one case, his inaction, but mostly his actions. And in paragraph number three, Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, explains that this is not a First Amendment case. Three, the defendant had a right, like every American, to speak publicly about the election and even to claim falsely that there had been outcome determinative fraud during the election and that he had won. 
He was also entitled to formally challenge the results of the election through lawful and appropriate means, such as by seeking recounts or audits of the popular vote in states or filing lawsuits challenging ballots and procedures. Indeed, in many cases, the defendant did pursue these methods of contesting the election results. His efforts to change the outcome in any state through recounts, audits, or legal challenges were uniformly unsuccessful. Hello. Four. Shortly after Election Day, the defendant also pursued unlawful means of discounting legitimate votes and subverting the election results. In doing so, the defendant perpetrated three criminal conspiracies. A. A conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonesty, fraud, and deceit to impair, obstruct, and defeat the lawful federal government function by which the results of the presidential election are collected, counted, and certified by the federal government in violation of 18 U.S.C. Section 371. Okay, uh, back to that in a second. But the thing you need to hear here is that the conspiracy was to defraud the United States by the former president who used dishonesty, fraud, and deceit to impair, obstruct, and defeat the lawful federal government function by which the election results are determined. It's astounding. B, a conspiracy to corruptly obstruct and impede the January 6th congressional proceeding at which the collected results of the presidential election are counted and certified in violation of 18 U.S.C. Section 1512K. And C, a conspiracy against the right to vote and to have one's vote counted in violation of 18 U.S.C. Section 241. So those are three criminal conspiracies. One, defrauding the United States by being dishonest about everything, lying about it all. Two, the conspiracy to obstruct and impede the the government from doing what they are required to do on January 6th. And the third part, and this is the most important part, I think, a conspiracy against the right to vote and to have one's vote counted. Yeah, I would have liked to see him charged with, you know, uh, insurrection or, uh, you know, sedition. But they that the prosecutors will bring a case they believe they can win. And, you know, by taking away the whole First Amendment argument, they've got nothing. They have nothing else. They, they put their... You know, their defense all the way building up to knowing this indictment was coming on. Well, Trump's allowed to say whatever he wants. He's even allowed to lie. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Um, so anyway, the, the rest of this part goes on. Um, and uh, it, it, this, this section ends with uh, the part about the federal government function from the point of ascertainment to the certification that it's foundational to the United States democratic process and until 2021 had operated in a peaceful and orderly manner for more than 130 years. All right, this brings us to the point where this is enough to make any sane person a little bit off to say, this is really depressing. This guy somehow because of the electoral college he lost the popular vote but he was elected he won a majority of electoral college votes and he became president inexplicably um disgustingly sickeningly and um oh and a quick note i see spacco just wrote in the chat room marcy meaning marcy wheeler is posting about trump's lawyer's response to the judge, Judge Chukin, uh, the, her order on the protective order, John Loro, the attorney, 
complained that he had to take time away from the Sunday shows to do his day job. Um, I know Marcy was just here last Monday. She will be back here tomorrow because this is a fast moving story. So many pieces in place. So Marcy Wheeler will be back here tomorrow to go through all these what happened today and the proceedings and the motions and the things and the that. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Marcy will be here tomorrow. All right. So, but I'm going through this and you hear the charges and how serious they are. And the fact that, um, most, and I will say most, not all Republicans, but most of them are saying, well, that that's, it's all just the news the fake news making this up, which is enough to drive anyone to depression. So here's our, our quick, um, Sorbet, if you will, a mental sorbet. So I'm doing the ketamine treatments. So we're going to alternate between <laughs> the, the transcript and my last ketamine therapy treatment on Friday. So um, I get the, the thing. I go under and, and about 18 minutes into it is when I start talking. And it's and, and, and if you've heard my other um, <laughs> my other tapes that I've played after these ketamine sessions, um, you know that I have a theme. A recurring theme is about connect connections, making connections. The last time it was old souls connecting, right? So this is the first thing that when I started talking on Friday during my uh, ketamine infusion, this was the first thing I was saying. We're connecting, we're connecting, we're connecting, we're connecting, we're connecting. We're connecting, we're connecting. We're connecting. We're connecting. We are connecting. We're connecting. We're connecting. We are connecting. We are connecting. Connecting. Now, you notice I say we. Connecting. I always say we. Connecting. Old souls connecting. They're back. Old souls connecting. The old souls are back. Connecting. That's where we connected. That's where we connected. It's the old souls connecting. Wow. That's where we are right now. (laughs) Right now. We are connected. This is it. It's connected. We are connected. (laughs) We are at the top of the connection. Wow. This is it. We're connected. We're connected. 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 We're here. We're connected. We're connected. So you get the idea. I was connected for a while. Let me go to the end of this section and see if it's still about connected. We are connected. Go to the end of this portion of the tape. This is it. I'm here. I'm here. Connected. Connected. Completely connected. Okay. So, so far, so good. One's countering the other. Okay. Let's go back to the indictment now. All right. So we're at at section three. After we learned about the background of what this indictment is, um, we go to manner and means. And it says the defendant's conspiracy to impair, obstruct, and defeat the federal government function through dishonesty, fraud, and deceit included the following manner and means. Paragraph 10. 
The defendant's conspiracy to impair, obstruct, and defeat the federal government function through dishonesty, oh, I just fraud, read that. and deceit I I included the following out. manner and means. Okay. A. The defendant and co-conspirators used knowingly false claims of election fraud to get state legislators and election officials to subvert the legitimate election results and change electoral votes for the defendant's opponent, Joseph R. Biden Jr., to electoral votes for the defendant. Hmm. That is... On the pretext of baseless fraud claims, the defendant pushed officials in certain states to ignore the popular vote, disenfranchise millions of voters, dismiss legitimate electors, and ultimately cause the ascertainment of and voting by illegitimate electors in favor of the defendant. Hmm. B. The defendant and co-conspirators organized fraudulent slates of electors in seven targeted states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, attempting to mimic the procedures that the legitimate electors were supposed to follow under the Constitution and other federal and state laws. This included causing the fraudulent electors to meet on the day appointed by federal law on which legitimate electors were to gather and cast their votes. And it goes on. It explains this whole thing. Then paragraph C is about the defendant and co-conspirators attempting to use the power and authority of the Justice Department to conduct sham election crime investigations. And this part was wild. Send a letter to the targeted states that falsely claimed that the Justice Department had identified significant concerns that may have impacted the election outcome. Um, so that's the, the next part was about... Uh, you know, the, utilizing the Justice Department. Paragraph D then talks about the the the, the uh, defendant and co-conspirators attempting to enlist the vice president to use his ceremonial role at the January 6th certification proceeding to fraudulently alter the election results. First, using knowingly false claims of election fraud. And then they tried to convince the vice president to use those fraudulent electors. The whole thing, it it, it goes into great detail and we'll get to a lot of it. And how they they knew that these allegations were total bullshit. Bullshit. And they used them anyway. There are there are passages in here where Jack Smith lays out how that Trump was told over and over again by everyone around him that the things he was saying were false. And then he would turn around the next day and repeat those false assertions again, as if no one ever told him that they were false. And then um, E, which is the last part about, uh, you know, um, using the the chaos at the Capitol and, and, and escalating it. Uh, paragraph E reads, after it became public on the afternoon of January 6th that the vice president would not fraudulently alter the election results, a large and angry crowd, including many individuals whom the defendant had deceived into believing the vice president could and might change the election results, violently attacked the Capitol and halted the proceeding. As violence ensued, the defendant and co-conspirators exploited the disruption by redoubling efforts to levy false claims of election fraud and convince members of Congress to further delay the certification based on those claims. It's getting kind of heavy. Um, then we go to the, the fourth section. The fourth section 
is the defendant's knowledge of the falsity of his election claims. And this is this this is the part where um, Jack Smith lays out exactly how uh, all these people who told him, for instance, the vice president. Um, here, uh, let me back up because I'm paraphrasing it wrong. The claims were false and the defendant knew they were false. In fact, the defendant was notified repeatedly that his claims were untrue, often by people on whom he relied for candid advice on important matters and who were the best position to know the facts. And he deliberately disregarded the truth. And and they named the people who all told him that that his his assertions were wrong. The vice president the senior leaders of the Justice Department, appointed by the then president, uh, the director of national intelligence, the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA. Remember CISA, the guy who came out and said, um, uh, here, I'm going to read this paragraph because it's so important, whose existence the defendant signed into law to protect the nation's cybersecurity infrastructure from attack, the director of CISA joined an official multi-agency statement that there was no evidence that any voting system had been compromised and that declared the 2020 election, quote, say it with me, the most secure in American history. We remember when that happened. This guy went on TV and said this was the most secure election in American history. Days later, after the CISA director, who Trump had appointed, announced publicly that the election security experts were in agreement, that claims of computer-based election fraud were unsubstantiated, Trump fired him. You see how the, the facts are laid out here and why it's so important that everybody read this or at least know what's in it. This, me recording it, Ali Velshi recording it, is an attempt to get your weird Uncle Joe to know what's in there. Or the woman who bought my mirror. Um, others who told uh, Trump that all these assertions were... Bullshit. Uh, senior White House attorneys selected by the defendant to provide him candid advice informed him that there was no evidence of outcome-determinative election fraud and told him that his presidency would end on Inauguration Day in 2021. Senior staffers on his 2020 re-election campaign, state legislators and officials, many of whom were his political allies, who had voted for him and wanted him to be re-elected, repeatedly informed the defendant that his claims of fraud in their states were unsubstantiated or false and resisted his pressure to act based on them. And state and federal courts. Remember, it was something like 63 courts. He won one of them, and it was on a technicality. It was, So um, state and federal courts, the neutral arbiters responsible for ensuring fair and even-handed administration of election laws, rejected every outcome-determinative post-election lawsuit filed by Trump his co-conspirators and allies, providing the defendant real-time notice that his allegations were meritless. In other words, false. They were wrong. And then this section. The defendant's knowledge of the falsity of his election fraud claims. Paragraph 11. 
Oh, I wanted the 12. His co-conspirators nope. and their agents. Hold on, we're going to go to the next. The defendant's knowledge nah, of this paragraph one. 12. Here we go. The defendant wildly disseminated his false claims of election fraud for months, despite the fact that he knew, and in many cases had been informed directly, that they were not true. The defendant's knowingly false statements were integral to his criminal plans to defeat the federal government function, obstruct the certification, and interfere with others' right to vote and have their votes counted. He made these knowingly false claims throughout the post-election time period, including those below that he had made immediately before the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. These are those below. The defendant insinuated that more than 10,000 dead voters had voted in Georgia. Just four days earlier, Georgia's Secretary of State had explained to the defendant that That it was was bullshit. B. The defendant asserted that there had been 205,000 more votes than voters in Pennsylvania. The defendant's acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general had explained to him that that this was was bullshit. C. The defendant said that there had been a suspicious vote dump in Detroit, Michigan. The defendant's attorney general had explained to the defendant that this was false. And the defendant's allies in the Michigan State Legislature, the Speaker of the House of Representatives and Majority Leader of the Senate, had publicly announced that there was no evidence of substantial fraud in the state. It was bullshit. The defendant claimed that there had been tens of thousands of double votes and other fraud in Nevada. Not true. The Nevada Secretary of State had previously rebutted the defendant's fraud claims by publicly posting a facts versus myths document. Nevada Secretary of State. Nevada judges had reviewed and rejected them. And the Nevada Supreme Court had rendered a decision denying such claims. C. Arizona. The defendant said that more than 30,000 non-citizens had voted in Arizona. The defendant's own campaign manager had explained to him that such claims were false. Bullshit. And the Speaker of the Arizona House of Representatives, who had supported the defendant in the election, had issued a public statement that there was no evidence of substantial fraud in Arizona. F. The defendant asserted that voting machines in various contested states had switched votes from the defendant to Biden. The defendant's attorney general acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general all had explained to him that this was false and numerous recounts and audits had confirmed the accuracy of the voting machines. You see, all of this is enough to make your brain explode. We're seeing there's six, right? Six um, uh, examples here throughout these states and they go into each of the states in detail where People who were Trump supporters, they were his allies, they were people who voted for him, they were his appointees in many cases, all say they told him that the allegations he was making about fraud and dead people voting and and out of double voters and all was all bullshit. It was all bullshit. And he would go and turn around the next day and repeat the information, the misinformation, the disinformation that he had been, just been told was bullshit. So now I need therapy again. So another clip from my last ketamine session. So one thing I do as a diversion when I need to get my mind off of stuff is I make things. It started during the pandemic. I started painting and creating. And um, interesting that this came up on Friday morning. Whoops, I I need to go back to the beginning. Hold on, it goes here. Wow. That's where we are right now. Right now. 
we are connected. Okay, wait more. We did the connecting thing already. It's connected. Okay. We are connected. We are at the top of okay, the connection. Okay, I think connection. I played this already. Let me move. This is it. Move ahead. We a are bit. connected. We're oh, here. I here. No. We're connected. We're connected. We are connected. This is connected. No. There was there was a part about creating. Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? I thought it was creating it. it. I'm here. No. Connected. Completely connected. Hmm. I get, I don't know what happened to the creating. All right, let's go to the next one. Maybe it's maybe it's here, or I'm there. That's it. I'm it. I'm it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm at the top. I'm here. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. That's it. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> okay. I'm truth. Oh. I'm it. Okay. I don't know. I, I must have deleted uh, deleted the wrong part of that one clip because I went through a whole thing of saying, I'm creating, I'm creating, I'm creating, I'm creating. I'm creating. I'm, and, and I just got more of I'm here. So, yes, um, Zelda in the chat room asks, is this group analysis of indictment and a ketamine session? Zelda, that's exactly what it is. You see, what we're doing is showing how paying all, just close attention to all of the the twisted things that Trump has done and going through this indictment, it's enough to make your head explode. And so you need to do something to counter it. So I'm going back and forth. It's like, all right, a little mental health break, and then back to the indictment. Section 5. The criminal agreement enacts to effect the the object of the conspiracy. Okay. The defendant's use of deceit to get state officials to subvert the legitimate election results and change electoral votes. And this this gets me here. You know what? I wonder if I if I start here with 13. Um Maybe I do. Let's see. The criminal nope. the criminal agreement. That's what I just read. Th- okay, it would be 13. Paragraph 13 is what I want to read to you. Paragraph 13. Here we go. Listen to this. Shortly after Election Day, which fell on November 3rd, 2020, the defendant launched his criminal scheme. On November 13th, the defendant's campaign attorneys conceded in court that he had lost the vote count in the state of Arizona, meaning... Based on the assessment the defendant's campaign advisors had given him just a week earlier, the defendant had lost the election. They told him so he the lost. Next day, the defendant turned to co-conspirator one, whom he Rudy. announced would spearhead his efforts going forward to challenge the election results. From that point on, the defendant and his co-conspirators executed a strategy to use knowing deceit in the targeted states to impair, obstruct, and defeat the federal government function, including as described below. And then what happens is they have a whole section on each of, I believe, five states where this fraud, you know, it's opposite world, where Trump and his co-conspirators were alleging fraud, stolen elections, you know, the whole stop the steal thing while they were the ones doing the steal. That's the projection I talk about all the time. So the first state was Arizona and Arizona goes on for many pages. And no, this is when you can go back and listen to the recording I made because you need to hear it. Now, Georgia is the second one. And Georgia, there are 
I wonder if I, I think I, I, I think I flagged a few. I did. Good. All right. There's a couple of sections in this Georgia part that I want to share with you. Um, there's a whole lot more we're not getting to. I'm just trying to get you interested enough in listening to the whole thing and sharing it. Okay. So, uh, paragraph 31, if this is the right place I'm at, is this Q2? It should be here. Paragraph 31. On January 2nd, four days before Congress's certification proceeding, the defendant, Trump, and others called the Georgia Secretary of State. That's Brad Raffensperger. Remember this? During the call, the defendant lied to the Georgia Secretary of State to induce him to alter Georgia's popular vote count and call into question the validity of the Biden electors' votes, which had been already transmitted to Congress weeks before. So here is um, the particulars. This is, uh, if, if I did it right, paragraph A. A. The defendant raised allegations regarding State Farm Arena video and repeatedly disparaged one of the same election workers that co-conspirator one had maligned on December 10th. You- That's Ruby and Shay. Those are the two uh, election workers, co-conspirator one, Rudy Giuliani. Using her name almost 20 times and falsely referring to her as a, quote, professional vote scammer and hustler. That's Ruby. Quote. Unreal. In response, the Georgia Secretary of State refuted this. Quote, you're talking about the State Farm video, and I think it's extremely unfortunate that co-conspirator one or his people, they sliced and diced that video and took it out of context. End quote. When the Georgia Secretary of State then offered a link to a video that would disprove co-conspirator one's claims, the defendant responded, quote, I don't care about a link. I don't need it. Georgia Secretary of State, I have a much better link. End quote. Yeah. B. The defendant asked about rumors that paper ballots cast in the election were being destroyed. And the Georgia Secretary of State's counsel explained to him that the claim it had was been investigated bullshit. and was not true. Okay, See, this one, listen. The defendant claimed that 5,000 dead people voted in Georgia, causing the Georgia Secretary of State to respond, quote, Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. Hello. The actual number were two. 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 Two people that were dead that voted. And so your information is wrong. That was two. Two. And two. So that uh, that is astounding to me. Trump was claiming 5,000 dead people voted in Georgia. And Brad Raffensperger, the Georgia Secretary of State, said, Mr. President, your data is wrong. The actual number was two Not one, not three, not 5,000, but two. Two. Uno, dos. Two. And then, of course, there was this. F. The defendant said that he needed to, quote, find 11,780 votes and insinuated that the Georgia Secretary of State and his counsel could be subject to criminal prosecution if they fail to find election fraud, as he demanded, stating, quote, and you're going to find that they are, which is totally legal. It's 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 more illegal for you than it is for them, because you know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a criminal, you know, that's a criminal offense. And, you know, you can't let that happen. That's a big risk to you and to the Georgia Secretary of State Council. You're a lawyer. End quote. 32. Okay, so (laughs) this is astounding. So defendants said he needed to find 11,780 votes. And... um 
and, and insinuated that, uh, um, uh, sorry, I lost my place here. And it, I, I'm not going to take this call right now. Sorry. And insinuated that, uh, no, I lost my place. Um, uh, that, that, that Brad Raffensperger and his lawyers could be subject to criminal prosecution if they failed to find election fraud as he demanded. You know what he did? This again, this phone call took place on January 2nd. On January 6th, the defendant publicly repeated the knowingly false information that more than 10,300 dead people had voted in Georgia. It's astounding. Then they go on to Michigan uh, and then on to Pennsylvania, because even though Trump lost in most of these states, he uh, in all of these states, he kept trying to get them to say that that he won. It's astounding. It is enough to make your brain hurt. So we need something to fix it. So uh, here's, here's where the good stuff comes in. You ready? Take it away, ketamine. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. They are. Holy shit. I don't know what they are, but there are. Yep. Doesn't it sound like I'm talking to someone? This is amazing. (laughs) Holy shit. They all come back. They all come back. Wow. They all come back. Because sometimes... They all come back. You see, because sometimes you need to reset the brain. After reading shit like this, stuff that makes no sense, opposite world stuff, you need a little relief. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Waddell says, it sounds like you're floating. I obviously was. Okay, the next section I want to go into is Trump's use of dishonesty, fraud, and deceit to organize fraudulent states of electors and cause them to transmit false certificates to Congress. You know, I'm not even going to play this. All I need to do is read you the headings of the various sections. The next one, and this is really serious here. This I am going to play some of it for you. The defendant, section seven, the defendant's attempt to leverage the Justice Department to use deceit to get state officials to replace legitimate electors and electoral votes with the defendants. Um, Again, Jeffrey Clark is um, uh, co-conspirator four. And well, let's see. Let's uh, Q1. Okay. Um, In late December 2020, the defendant attempted to use the Justice Department to make knowingly false claims of election fraud to officials in those targeted states through a formal letter under the acting attorney general's signature, thus giving Trump's lies the backing of the federal government and attempting to improperly influence the targeted states to replace those legitimate Biden electors with the defendants. On December 22nd, the defendant met with co-conspirator four, that's Jeffrey Clark, at the White House. Here's the part you need to pay attention to. Jeffrey Clark, co-conspirator four, 
had not informed his leadership at the Justice Department of this meeting, which was a violation of the DOJ's written policy restricting contacts with the White House to guard against improper political influence. What Trump always says Biden is doing with Merrick Garland, which is complete bullshit. But Trump is alleging it because it's exactly what he did with his Justice Department. That's projection. That's also opposite world. So pick it up on uh, paragraph 72. 72. On December 26th, co-conspirator four spoke on the phone with the acting attorney general and lied about the circumstances of his meeting with the defendant at the White House, falsely claiming that the meeting had been unplanned. Lies. The acting attorney general directed co-conspirator four not to have unauthorized contacts with the White House again, and co-conspirator four said he would not. 73. The next morning. On December 27th, contrary to the acting attorney general's direction, co-conspirator four spoke with the defendant on the defendant's cell phone for nearly three minutes. But they lied about it. That afternoon, the defendant called the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general and said, among other things, quote, people tell me that co-conspirator four Jeffrey Clark is great. I should put him in, end quote. The defendant also raised multiple false claims of election fraud, which the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general refuted. When the acting attorney general told the defendant that the Justice Department could not and would not change the outcome of the election, the defendant responded, quote, just say that the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman. Again, (laughs) to reiterate When the acting attorney general, that was Jeffrey Rosen, told Trump that the Justice Department could not and would not change the outcome of the election, Trump said, just say the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman. And then this happened. End quote. 77. On December 31st, the defendant summoned to the Oval Office the acting attorney general acting deputy attorney general, and other advisors. In the meeting, the defendant again raised claims about election fraud that the Justice Department officials already had told him were not true and that the senior Justice Department officials reiterated were false and suggested he might change the leadership Uh in the Justice Department. Uh Uh-oh. 78. On January 2nd, 2021, just four days before Congress's certification proceeding, co-conspirator four tried to coerce the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general to sign and send co-conspirator four's draft letter. Again, Jeffrey Clark. false statements to state officials. He told them that the defendant was considering making co-conspirator four the new acting attorney general, but that co-conspirator four would decline the defendant's offer if the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general would agree to send the proposed letter to the targeted states. The Justice Department officials refused. Okay, and then? Well, the next morning, on January 3rd, despite having uncovered no additional evidence of election fraud, co-conspirator four sent to a Justice Department colleague an edited version of his draft letter to the states, which included a change from its previous claim that the Justice Department had, quote, concerns, to a stronger false claim that, quote, as of today... There is evidence of significant irregularities that may have impacted the outcome of the election in multiple states. They're just quote. doubling down on the bullshit. 
And then this happened. Whoa. 80. Also on the morning of January 3rd, co-conspirator four met with a defendant at the White House, again, without having informed senior Justice Department officials, and accepted the defendant's offer that he become acting attorney general. Okay, so you hear that? So again, Jeffrey Clark keeps meeting with Trump at the White House without informing his superiors at the DOJ, which is against regulations. And now he he offer, he he accepts Trump's offer to be acting attorney general. Oh, my God. And so, um, well, uh, let me go to paragraph 84. It, it, this is, and, and somewhere in there, Trump actually acknowledged that um, that they shouldn't take any action on something because, quote, it's too late for us. We're going to give that to the next guy. So he knew he was on his way out. Right. Um, then. All right. I'm just going to read this here. The defendant moved immediately from this national security briefing to the meeting that acting attorney general requested earlier that day, which included co-conspirator four. Jeffrey Clark, the acting attorney general, the acting deputy attorney general, the Justice Department's assistant attorney general for the Office of Legal Counsel, the White House counsel, a deputy White House counsel, and a senior advisor. So a lot of bigwigs. At the meeting, Trump expressed frustration with Rosen, the acting attorney general, for failing to do anything to overturn the election results. And the group discussed Clark, co-conspirator Fours, plans to investigate purported election fraud and to send his proposed letter to state officials, a copy of which was provided to the defendant during the meeting. The defendant, Trump, relented in his plan to replace the acting attorney general, Rosen, with co-conspirator for Clark, only when he was told that it would res- uh, only when he was told that it would result in mass resignations at the Department of Justice and his own White House counsel. Trump was going to go ahead and replace Rosen with Clark until he was told basically everybody in that meeting would have resigned. And then uh, it goes on to talk a little bit more about Pence and Trump warning everyone, no one, he- no one here should be talking to the vice president. I'm talking to the vice president. And he ended the discussion. Um, there's more, but we are running, we're, we're running low on time here. Um, I will tell you that the last big section of this deals with the defendant's exploitation of the violence and chaos at the Capitol and how he refused to tell everybody to leave. Uh, Paragraph 110. Upon receiving news that individuals had breached the Capitol, the defendant's advisors told him that there was a riot there and that rioters had breached the building. When advisors urged Trump to issue a calming message aimed at the rioters, he refused, instead repeatedly remarking that the people at the Capitol were angry because the election had been stolen. What? Bullshit. Say it again. Bullshit. 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 Sorry, I had to to interrupt the music to to, to do that. Um, At 2.24 p.m. after advisors had left the defendant alone in his dining room, the defendant issued a tweet intended to further delay and obstruct the certification. Quote, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones, which they were asked to previously certify. USA demands the truth. That is opposite world. 
Meanwhile, at the Capitol throughout the afternoon, members of the crowd were chanting, Hang Mike Pence! Where's Pence? Bring him out. Traitor Pence! Oh, yeah, and they erected a gallows outside in front of the Capitol. At 4.17 p.m., the defendant released a video message on Twitter that he had just taped in the White House Rose Garden. In it, Trump repeated the knowingly false claim that we had an election that was stolen from us. And then he finally asked individuals to leave the Capitol, but at the same time telling them they were very special and we love you. Again, enough to make anyone's head explode. So I'll leave you with a little bit more of this. Yes, they all come back when they do. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Now you see why I'm smiling, right? Yes. Amazing. They all come back. They all come back. They all come back. I'll come back. Amazing. They all come back. They're amazing. Mm. Have a great night, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow. Marcy Wheeler will be here. <laughs> oh, my God. Will we survive? Sure, we will. Bye.